All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. It is a beautiful night in the city of Chicago. Daylight saving, savings times is uh, just around the corner, and it's going to be getting a dark a lot sooner. I just hate that. <laughs> I, I just enjoy the sunshine and and daylight, you know, prolonging a, a few more hours. But, you know, this is the sign of winter saying that, hey, wow, things are going to be getting dark, at least here in the city of Chicago, uh, 4, 4 o'clock, 4.30, and uh, it's going to be pitch black. And uh, that's not good, you know. Uh, and I hope wherever you are in the world, I hope that uh, you're enjoying yourself uh, in some in some fashion, some way, legally. Um, and I hope everything is going well for you. And there has been some... Uh, bad weather down south and I'm hoping that all those folks can get out get out of harm's way some kind of way and those who are injured or or uh, or if destruction uh, is around uh, uh, your area that you are safe and that's uh, coming from the George Wilder Jr. show believe me and um, making the world a better place that's all it's about folks that's all it's about the world is not a better place so far. <laughs> Donald Trump, you're fired. Get out. I mean, that's going to be the theme of this show for today. Um, because <clears throat> a couple of days, a few days before the midterms, and it looks, it, it looks like that also. It looks like that. But I don't think we need a midterm to fire this guy. This guy is just awful. The worst thing ever. The American people have fired Donald Trump, but he's not going to go anywhere. You know why? Because he loves power. He loves power. I mean, he's drunk with power. And everybody who's anybody knows that. Donald Trump is not going to give up power. And if we were to fire him, he's not going to go. <laughs> he's not going to go peacefully. You're going to have to drag that fucker out of the White House. Literally drag him because he loves power. He loves being able to uh, change the tone and the direction of America. He can do that. He's the president. You know, uh, he loves power. And one one of the things that I do know, if if he decides to resign, and he's not going to do that, he would be indicted. He would go to jail because he would no longer be president, and he would no longer be and president and he can and he could no longer be uh shielded by the justice department and the republicans in congress they're protecting him now but once he uh is out of office protection is all lost they're going to come up come at this guy from all ends and he knows it and actually donald trump knows something that's coming down already on him that we don't know we haven't heard about it yet but i'm pretty sure they have so basically, after the midterms, a lot of this shit is going to come down on him, you know, because a lot of people saying, well, let's wait till after the midterms to submit this and do that and do this and do that, because they don't want to be accused of uh, uh, bad timing, and they don't want to be accused of uh, trying to um, change the outcome of the election. So they're going to wait until... I mean, New York has all kinds of lawsuits on this guy. This guy. They're going to wait until after the midterm so you know, nobody can blame them for bad timing. And I can understand that. The same, that's the same thing Robert Mueller is doing. He's waiting. 
He's waiting until after the midterms to bring this shit hammering down on top of Trump and, and his entire family. Trump knows it. And as I've stated this morning, Trump Trump talks out of his ass all the time. And uh, that may be unfair to say that the words may be unfairly used, but that's how it is. Trump makes you use profanity <laughs> because he uses it. And as a president of the United States, he says, the, and it's a bad tone. It's a racist tone. It's a violent tone. It's evil. And I, I, the reason why I call this show Donald Trump, you're fired because the majority of Americans want him out of the White House, out of their White House. But he will not go. He will not go. And not, not voluntarily. The army going to have to come in there and take his ass out, the FBI, but he's not going to go freely. And if he does go, he's going to blame he's going to blame everybody uh uncle, uh everybody's uncle to why he left. I mean, when Trump leaves the White House, he's going to blame it on every one of us, America itself. We don't give a damn who he blames crap on as long as he leaves. As long as he leaves, we don't care. You know, Trump talks out of his butt every fucking day he opens his mouth. And basically all he's doing, every time Trump says something goofy or stupid or ridiculous, we all focus on it. We all focus on cutting Social Security. I mean, we focus on that. Ending the birthright of millions of people, we focus on that. Cutting Medicare, Medicaid, we focus on that. You know, dictatorship. We focus on that. And every time we focus on something that Donald Trump stupidly and ignorantly says that's against the United States Constitution, you're telling yourself, what are the Republicans in Congress doing? This is all just a distraction. Donald Trump distracts us with the shit he throws out there. He distracts us and while he's, I've said this before, as when he distracts us on something he says or wants to do or something pertaining to dictatorship, we focus on that because he's the president. But while we're focusing on Donald Trump, the Republicans are uh, stealing us blind. The Republicans in Congress are stealing us blind. They're they're not only stealing us blind, but they're implementing Donald Trump's destructive policies behind our back as if we're too stupid to know that they're doing it. Anytime that Donald Trump says something goofy or stupid that takes us away from our normal thinking, the thinking, what is this? What is this? The Republicans are doing something dastardly. While we're focusing on Donald Trump. We're being had. We're being taken. They're stealing and lining their pockets with our money. A lot of them know they're not going to get back in office, but they want to make sure that their pockets are pretty deep when they leave. If they leave. Paul Ryan says after this, after the midterms or after his term is over, he's quitting. He's not coming back. And a lot of Republicans say that. You think they're going to walk away broke? You think they're going to walk away hungry? You think they're going to walk away if their car is not paid for or their home is not paid for or, or their kids who are in college? Uh, it, 
if that's not paid for, no, they're going to walk away with lump sums of money, including a pension, a government pension. They're not going to go away broke. They're going to go away laughing. They're going to go away laughing at us because they made a fool out of us. They think they made a fool out of us. And you listen to these Republicans who are running for office right now saying that they're going to save pre-existing conditions. Give me a break. They voted against it 72 times. That's the Republicans trying to hoodwink and swindle our elderly, the seniors, who are so gullible to that kind of language. I mean, you see these Republicans on television, especially on Fox, campaigning for office. And the first thing out of the first thing that comes out of their mouth is pre-existing conditions. I mean, they sound so convicted when they say they're not going to mess with it or they're going to make it better. They're not going to make any fucking thing better. They want your vote and they're going to destroy it after they get your vote. This is why I, I'm trying to tell people right now, get your grandmother away from away from watching Fox because that's a propaganda news station and they lie to your face all the time. Why would you want your elderly uh, grandparents or you know, neighbors or whatever walk watching Fox when all Fox is going to try to do is indoctrinate them with their bullshit, their propaganda? Why would you want to watch some station that's going to tell you what to do, how to think, when to think, who to vote for, who not to vote for? As if you can't think for yourself. They're out there. Fox News is telling you shit uh, that Lou Dobbs. I used to like Lou Dobbs a long time ago, but I can't stand him now. Because he's a racist son of a bitch. I mean, (laughs) there's no more uh, racist on Fox News than Lou Dobbs, Sean Hannity, and this, this wild and crazy looking lady who just sprouts bullshit. And Hannity, that son of a bitch. Give me a break. Get your elder, get your your grandparents, your away from Fox Television, and try. Not, not, not don't get me wrong. All senior citizens, they're not gonna vote for uh, Republicans. They have a lot of sense. They don't have Alzheimer's or dementia. Or any of that stuff They are clear thinking American seniors And they know that they do not Want their social security check Taken away, healthcare taken away Medicare, Medicaid And all this kind of stuff that they're getting In order for them to go to the doctor When they need to go to the doctor They're not going to vote to have that Taken away, but there are Some seniors out there that will vote Republican Just because they hear Republicans saying that they're going to protect pre-existing conditions. And they're not. We know they're not. But we have to convince the seniors of that and anybody else who thinks that the Republicans are going to protect pre-existing conditions. They're not. They're lying through their teeth to get your vote. Once they get your vote, if they get your vote, they're going to vote so (laughs) – they're going to vote 100 times against pre-existing, pre-existing conditions. Yeah, but anyway, vote, folks. I mean, this is crucial. 
I mean, Oprah Winfrey is out there. Obama, Biden, are, they're out there. The reason why they're out there is because they see and know that there's a blue wave coming. So they want to jump on it and try to take credit for it. When it when they don't deserve credit for it, but I'm not going to say for them not to get out there and endorse to endorse candidates, especially over these rotten Republicans. I'm glad to see it, but they're a little bit late, you know, because you and I have been doing it uh, uh, months, years and months before they even decide to to jump on board. But they see something coming. They know something is about to erupt, a blue wave. So they want to jump on it and um, try to get some sort of a, um, I think, anyway, uh, some sort of a, uh, say they were they were the cause of it. They're not. They're not the cause of the blue wave. The blue wave is, is because it is coming because of you and me. We have been out there preaching and trying to um, give people courage and 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 thoughtfulness to get out there and vote. Keep people hit. Keep the folks above water because there's so many seniors out there that are afraid of afraid to lose their social security check. They're afraid to lose their health care. Um, and not only that, afraid, afraid of losing America. I mean, because if the Republicans win, it's over for all of us. It is over like over like over. Constitution is going to be shredded. Trump and his goons are going to take over. But I don't think that's going to happen. And that's there are so many people saying that if Trump and his goons win um, in November, this November, that they're leaving the country. They're going to pack up and leave. And I say to these folks, don't pack up because that's what the Republicans want you to, to do. They want you to leave so they can take over the country. They don't want you here in the first place. I don't care who you are. If you if you don't have the money, if you don't have the uh, guts to be a thug and a criminal like they are, they want you to leave. If you if you're on uh Medicaid, you're getting welfare, you're getting whatever you're getting, they want to take that away and put you out on the street and then spit on you. Don't leave your country in the hands of Thugs and criminals and goons, the syndicate and the mob, because that's what we have in the White House and in Congress. You have representatives, you have uh, senators admitting to being white supremacists. Trump declared himself as a white nationalist, right on television in one of his at one of his rallies. And white nationalists are associated with white supremacists. Um, anything that's racist is bad. Violence, this is what Trump declared himself to be. It's not, it's not me calling himself, it's not me calling Trump a white nationalist. He called himself a white nationalist. And he keeps saying the media is the enemy of the people. The enemy of the people is sitting in the White House. And he's always been the enemy of the people. I've been sitting sitting here sprouting for maybe two or three years now since Trump been in office that he had a 
he had a war, excuse me, he had a war on the American people. His war is not with Russia. He's colluding with Russia. His war is not with Korea. He loves Kim Jong-un. He wants to be like him. His war is not with Iran. His war is with the American people, me and you. Stay here. Do not leave your country because of Donald Trump. Stay here and get his ass out of there. As I've said many times on this show, I don't want to see Donald Trump impeached. That would be nice, but I don't want to see him impeached because what he has done to America, he deserves prison time. He deserves to be locked the fuck up. There is no doubt about that. He deserves to be locked up prison time. Impeaching him would be too easy. He'll just be blaming everybody who's anybody for his ouster. And it's coming soon. This man is the worst thing ever for America. You know it. I know it. He doesn't like you to say that because he wants you to say nice things about him. If you don't say nice things about him, he's coming after you. He's going to have his supporters and, and people all around the world come after you. Maybe send you a, 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 a mail bomb or something. This guy is a maniac. He's crazy. He's loose. He's an ignorant. And the Republicans are protecting him. But they won't be able to protect him too much longer because if the Democrats take over the House of Representatives, Maxine Waters, and I love her, she has access to his tax returns. And he's he should be shitting bullets right now. He should be. And right now the uh Republicans in Congress, they're looking at a lot of losses and they're blaming Donald Trump. And this is what I don't understand. They're blaming Donald Trump if they lose. How can you blame Donald Trump? Blame yourself. There are so many times you could have been Donald Trump. You could have curtailed his powers because he is a madman and a maniac. So I say to Republicans who are blaming Donald Trump for their losses, that's a lie. Blame yourself for the losses. You're the one who turned yourself against the, the voters. You're the one who turned turn against your own constituency for Donald Trump. Donald Trump is about Donald Trump. Donald Trump isn't about anybody. Even if you support him, even if you uh, get down on your knees and beg, Donald Trump is going to throw your ass under the bus someday. He doesn't care about your loyalty. He doesn't care. But he wants it, but he doesn't care. Donald Trump cares all about himself. Whenever he goes out to some rally or, or anywhere or or doesn't matter where, where, where people have been shot and killed – and others are mourning, Donald Trump is going to be talking about Donald Trump. It's all about him. This man is 72, 73 years old, and somehow he has never grown up. He's evil. He's mean. He's, he's totally a bully. And I've been talking about bullying on this show for two or three days now with some of the guests that I've had on the show. Uh, but... Um, Donald Trump is a great big bully, and he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. All right. 
This is the George Wilder Jr. Show, and we're now live on the air. We will be podcasting. Later, it will be. But anyway, enjoy a lot of the shows that I do on, on, on this network or on this website or on this or on Black Talk Radio because they're great shows. And always remember to click to follow this show, okay? If you like it, click to follow it. I got about uh, 43, 44 followers. Uh, it, it could have been a lot more than that if I'd have told everybody that was on the show. I've, I've had two, three, four hundred, maybe a thousand people on the show since, since its uh, inception. But um, I'm pretty sure all of them would have clicked click to follow the show if I'd have mentioned it, but I didn't. I, I keep forgetting to do that because I'm always talking about so many subjects. So I have, so, uh, you know, click to follow the show. Uh, that's all you have to do. You know, anyway, um, yeah, Donald Trump, you're fired. We don't want you. We just don't want you representing us because you don't, you represent the Republicans, not, not America. And so he visited Pittsburgh when they were mourning the dead. And the reason why he visited Pittsburgh when they did not want him to was for a photo op and a chance to talk about himself while those people of Pittsburgh blame him for the violence. And rightly so, because he kicks it up. He kicks it up. He ignites it. It becomes explosive at his rallies. Violence and hate are center stage at Trump's rallies. And America is not about hate. We're about bringing people together. America should be one company, not a country of, of, of division. But it is now. It's a country because Trump has made it that way. He intentionally divided this country on purpose, setting certain groups of people against each other. And he, sometimes when you see him, um, he acts so innocent. And it's on display at every, every rally that he uh, gives, that he is a part of. So therefore, you know, Donald Trump, you're not, you're fired. You're not wanted. You're fired. Get out of our White House. Get the hell out. Even if we don't vote you out, you get the hell out. Even if, uh, you know, the midterms may turn the other way, but I doubt it. Get out of our White House. You're fired. The American people are firing you, have fired you. Why are you still there? On your show, The Apprentice, you fired people and they left. We're firing you. Why are you still there? All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Uh, like I said before, folks, I hope you guys are doing well wherever you are in the world. And hopefully there will be a blue wave a, in a few days, in a few days. I, I can't wait uh, for the um, results. And I'm thinking the results are going to be really, really positive for Democrats and independents when it comes to getting Donald Trump out of the White House. The, the thing about it, after the blue wave, Donald Trump will still be president. But hopefully, Bob Mueller and a lot of these lawsuits will stick up his ass and get him out of out of the White House and get him to resign. But I don't think he's as before. I don't think he's going to resign. 
because he loves power. Tell Donald Trump loves power, and he's nothing but a big fat failure because he's he has failed being president of the United States. He has failed big time, and he doesn't give a damn what we think. He has failed big time as president. Donald Trump, you're fired. Get out. our discussion now, John Heilman, National Affairs Analyst for NBC News and MSNBC and co-host and executive producer of Showtime's The Circus. Also joining us is Ambassador Wendy Sherman, former Undersecretary of State. She was the United States lead negotiator for the Iran nuclear deal and is now an MSNBC Global Affairs contributor. And Ambassador Sherman, I want to start with you on this uh, Trump uh, nuclear threat, it sounds like, to Iran. I'm not taking it seriously, and I'm not taking it seriously based on the North Korean experience uh, with the president and the five months he took us through of threatening North Korea before completely uh, 
reversing course completely and trying to make best friends with Kim Jong-un. How do you read what the president said about Iran? Well, I certainly think it was a distraction and deflection in the way that you described it. And somehow, I think I ought to speak in all caps as if I will be heard louder. But I think we all know that when you're talking about serious things, a quieter voice makes a lot more sense. Uh, indeed, I think that the president uh, is trying to goad Iran into a conflict. Uh, Secretary Pompeo gave a speech in California at the Reagan Library and uh, really pushed hard, saying we're for the Iranian people and uh, your government is corrupt and uh, they're all hardliners and they're not going to give you a break, but we can. And he said that at the same time and invoked Ronald Reagan's call for freedom in his 1982 Westminster speech. He did that the couple of days before President Trump said he was going to take security clearances away from people who were speaking up and speaking their minds. So we're not exactly a beacon for freedom that Secretary Pompeo put out there. And we have a president that has a playbook for Iran and a playbook for North Korea, but no strategy to get an outcome that ensures the safety and security of America. John, I want to read you what uh, Tony Schwartz said about the, the Trump tweet. Uh, and Tony Schwartz, of course, the author, I was going to say co-author, but he's the real author of The Art of the Deal, the first Trump book. Spent I, I believe he wrote every word in the entire book, including yeah. the articles. And, and, and really stuff. studied yeah. Donald Trump up close, got to know him. He said, uh, there was nothing strategic about Trump's schoolyard bully, all caps tweet about mm -hmm. Iran. When he feels weak and vulnerable, he lashes out uh, in an effort to recover his sense of self, which is so fragile and easily wounded. I often um, scare people on television when I talk about Donald Trump, but like dark and paranoid and, um, and, and, and ominous. I always think when he's tweeting about something, I shouldn't worry about it very much because it's mostly when he's tweeting about it, it's something it's gibberish most of the time, right? And it is just deflection and projection and, and incoherent rambling. The stuff he doesn't tweet about is the stuff he cares about. What, he does, what doesn't he tweet about? Doesn't tweet about Playboy models. Doesn't tweet about Michael Avenatti. Doesn't tweet about Stormy Daniels. Doesn't tweet uh, very much about the people who he's trying to take their security clearances away. Every once in a while he does that, but then he try, tries to do something like he did today. But the stuff that scares him, the stuff that worries him, oh, I'll tell you what, he doesn't tweet about. He doesn't tweet about Paul Manafort very often, right? Mm -hmm. The people who are a genuine threat to Trump, the people who are, as you said before, there's been a lot of panic over the last 18 months. We've seen flashes of it. But right now, you really feel the walls closing in. And I always think that when he's tweeting about Iran, it's dangerous. And so it concerns me. Mm -hmm. But I don't take a word of it seriously because it is really just the ultimate look at the squirrel. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Ambassador Sherman, it it's, couldn't be more strange that, that uh, the place we look for for uh, encouragement, uh, the, the encouraging side of what uh, Donald Trump tweet uh, threatening uh, a nuclear attack is that the encouraging side of it is, oh, don't worry, the president doesn't mean a word he says. Like, that's, that's where we go for comfort. In, indeed. You know, we saw the fire and fury around North Korea, and we saw this pomp and circumstance instead of a persistence and precision. Now we're seeing, you know, the schoolboy uh, speaking loudly and showing off how strong and powerful he is when in fact all we're seeing is weakness and insecurity. Iran sees this. This is a culture that believes you either resist or you surrender, and they are not going to surrender one iota to Donald Trump. They understand what the game is here. Look, 
I'm all for standing up for the human rights of the Iranian people, and I quite agree that all of the leaders in Iran, even those that we call moderate, are hardliners. But the way to help the Iranian people was the Iran deal that helped the people of Iran by lifting sanctions, and it ensured our security and the world's security by ensuring there wouldn't be a nuclear weapon. I have no idea what President Trump thinks he's going to do. A tweet is not going to get him a quote-unquote better deal. And, John, a uh, new NBC Wall Street Journal poll shows that uh, the president's approval rating is, is far below uh, majority. But 88 <clears> percent <throat> of Republicans say uh, they support the president. Right. And, unfortunately, in most of the media, they never do the math on what that actually means, yeah. since only 26 percent of voters are Republicans. Here we go. 88% of 26% is something like 23% yeah. of voters support Donald Trump. Republican Party is shrinking. And that, and uh, man, you talked about getting abused by Fox News. I'm going to get abused for saying that. The Republican Party is shrinking. The Republican coalition That's just is shrinking. A numerical fact. It's just a numerical yeah. fact, right? So we, have, we spend, and I, this will be the third time today I've said this, we spend a lot of time focused on the Trump voter. We spend a lot of time focused on Trump's base. I don't think it's wrong that we focus on it because it is the way, if you try to understand what Trump's doing, shoring up that base, it explains a lot of his tactical maneuvers. It explains his long-term plan to try to survive uh, the onslaught that he's facing right now on a variety of legal fronts. But in the end, the country's not with Donald Trump. Right. And, and, and we normally, in every election I've ever covered, going back to 1988, we focus on independent voters, moderate voters, swing voters. We focus on, on, on all kinds of voters who make the difference in elections. Now we don't talk about that anymore. All we talk about is the Trump base, the Trump voter, how the Republicans in this shrinking Republican coalition are with them. Instead of focusing on the fact that the ABC News poll today said 75% of the American people are against him attacking the intelligence agencies. Two-thirds of the American people are against the health, or disapprove of how he handled the Helsinki summit. The vast majority of America is against Trump on these major issues. And I, again, I, I think we have to focus on his supporters because it's so important to what he's doing in the White House. But we also have to focus on the bigger picture, which is that the country on the important issues, and this is huge political salience for these midterms and for his reelection if he gets that far, the vast majority of the country is not with him. Uh, and Ambassador Sherman, I just wanted to get your reaction uh, more fully to uh, this announcement by the White House today that not only are uh, they thinking about taking away uh, John Brennan's security clearance, uh, basically uh, FBI, former FBI Director Comey, James Clapper, uh, Hayden Rice McCabe as uh, Sanders. So a, a cross-section of uh, former uh, Trump administration officials, uh, and I'm sorry to say you're not on the list, you didn't make that particular honor roll, uh, but, but what you, this is an unprecedented uh, position by the White House. What's your reaction to that? It's unprecedented and it's absurd. And quite frankly, I and many other people could be on that list. Many of us have security clearances. When I left the administration, it is uh, I Thank went you, on the president's...
it, basically, it's going to be sad if there's any really tight races. That's going to be sad. That's going to be um, disappointing because the Republicans are such assholes and so evil that you wonder why anybody would vote for them, why anybody would put their asses in a tight race. They should be, they should be in the gutter when it comes to uh, uh, polling. But when you hear about Republicans in a tight race with with a Democrat who is who is on the right track when it comes to policy, it's sad. I mean, uh, for instance, take Ted Cruz and Gillum in uh, Texas. Ted Cruz, I'm hearing, is up a point, down a point or whatever. Ted Cruz should not be that close. He should be down at least 10 or 20 or 30 points. The man is coming after Social Security. The man is coming after your livelihood. The man is lying to you in dates and on-camera interviews. He's lying at some of these rallies. He's lying. He's in the ass of Donald Trump. And for someone like Ted Cruz to be as close as he is to winning is appalling. And you tell yourself, who is putting this man over the top? Seniors, the elderly. I'm, as I've said before, I don't think all seniors and all elder people are going to vote this way. But it's too many who will. That's the thing. It's too many who will. I mean, you've got nothing but elder people watching Fox News. And they're believing that bullshit. They're believing the garbage that comes out of that that uh, uh, television station, especially when you're listening to Lou Dobbs, when you're listening to Sean Hannity and 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 that woman, I, I don't give a damn about knowing her name, but she looks weird, and she just sprouts all that bullshit out there. She's a Trump ass kisser, and, she, and she's proud to kiss his ass. Uh, when you got all of those pundits on Fox News trying to give their view of things and trying to trying to uh, uh, make you believe that what they're saying is the gospel truth when it comes to liberals and Democrats. That's a damn shame. It's a lie. You, you got Sean Hannity over there sprouting that bullshit. The Democrats this, the Democrats that, the liberals this, the liberals that. Bunch of bullshit. Do not believe any of that. Of course, they're telling you not to believe what I'm saying. They, they're not going to mention my name or my show, but they figure that... Uh, there's people out here like me. It's just, you know, well, don't listen to him. We don't know who the fuck that is. Don't listen to him. You know, and Fox News thinks they have and the monopoly on bullshit. Because that's all it is. That's Trump's station. That's a Republican propaganda station. Uh, it, it, it's a bullshit stage uh, television show. It, it's a... It's one that sprout lies after lies after lies, and you wonder where Fox News get these people to put on to put on television and, and to throw that bullshit out at the American people. And I say this, and I'll say it again: seniors should stop watching that bullshit because that's what it is—totally, totally garbage, totally garbage—and. MSNBC is not that far behind, but I'll give MSNBC more stars than I will give Fox News. If they should be watching anything, 
Turn them on to MSNBC. I'm sad to see that my buddy is gone. Um, Ed Schultz. He was. He had a show. He had a great show on M- MSNBC. It was great. The Ed Show. Remember that? Um, he was Ed Schultz was a guy I looked up to. I mean, he really was a guy I looked up to. He's a guy I wanted to be like, be like, because he also had a radio show, but he was also on television too. But I first learned of him on a, on his radio show, and uh, he later went on to be hired uh, at N- MSNBC. And his show, he was always there for the working person. If you had a, if you had a job and you worked every day to uh, pay your bills and car note and house notes, Ed Schultz was on your side. He was all up. Uh, uh, he was all for you. He hated the Republicans. He couldn't stand them, just like I can. But Ed Schultz is gone now. He's gone now. He's gone to – well, he died. What can I say? And and that's bad. I guess what I'm saying is uh, find another uh, find another show to watch besides Fox News. You know, uh, I guess some people can't tear their way tear the tear themselves away from that bullshit. And you know, a lot of people tune into Fox News just to get their laugh, get a laugh on the. Is everybody uh, who work at Fox News? crazy? I probably would say no. But there's too many who are. And there's too many that are preying on the elderly. Because that's the viewership of Fox News. And I'll say again, if you have a grandmother, grandfather, or whatever, or you yourself, are, you're up there, turn off Fox News. And unless you just want to turn it on to get a laugh, because that's what you will get. Especially when you listen to Hannity and all these other nitwits, uh, Lou Dobbs. Uh, he's a really crazy one. And Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> what, whatever pulled him out of his uh, cocoon. Now he's out there sprouting bullshit. You know, they uh, these uh, commentators or... or, or People with shows like Hannity and Rush Limbaugh, they talk so fast. They talk so fast, and they're so uh, convicted of what they're saying, which is which mounts to bullshit. But they talk loud. They talk fast. They talk as they're trying to indoctrinate you what the fuck they're trying to tell you. In other words, believe them. Believe anybody else. Bullshit. Okay? Fox News is garbage. Uh, turn away from it, okay? They'll probably tell you the same thing about my show, but, you know, uh, it's it's life in America. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio, everybody. Um, it's it's <laughs> it's 6.52 uh, p.m. in the city of Chicago, and we are having a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And uh, uh, because the midterms are just around the corner, if not here already, from the show, it's five days five days because the day is the first so there's five other days before the midterms and i am so excited the republicans aren't donald trump is not but i'm pretty sure that and liberals and progressives are we are and folks that haven't voted already please vote 
and please vo- excuse me, please vote blue. There be not just a tsunami. Let's wipe these motherfuckers out. Let's send a message to these garbage Republicans that we are the people of America. We're not going to take it. We're going to fight for our country, even if we have to go down with it. We're going to fight for our country. We're going to get our country back away from these thugs and crooks and criminals and traitors in our government. wanted was a much-deserved promotion, and he told me to get up on the desk and spread them. All the men in my office wrote down on a piece of paper the sexual favors that I could do for them. All I had asked for was an office with a window. I asked for his advice about how I could get a bill out of committee. He asked me if I brought my knee pads. 
Those are just a few of the horrific stories that I heard from women over the last year as I've been investigating workplace sexual harassment. And what I found out is that it's an epidemic across the world. It's a horrifying reality for millions of women when all they want to do every day is go to work. Sexual harassment doesn't discriminate. You can wear a skirt, hospital scrubs, army fatigues. You can be young or old, married or single, black or white. You can be a Republican, a Democrat, or an Independent. I heard from so many women, police officers, members of our military, financial assistants, actors, engineers, lawyers, bankers, accountants, teachers, journalists. Sexual harassment, it turns out, is not about sex. It's about power and about what somebody does to you to try and take away your power. And I'm here today to encourage you to know that you can take that power back. On July 6, 2016, I jumped off a cliff all by myself. It was the scariest moment of my life, an excruciating choice to make. I fell into an abyss all alone, not knowing what would be below. But then something miraculous started to happen. Thousands of women started reaching out to me to share their own stories of pain and agony and shame. They told me that I became their voice. They were voiceless. And suddenly I realized that even in the 21st century, every woman still has a story. Like Joyce, a flight attendant supervisor whose boss in meetings every day would tell her about the porn that he'd watched the night before while drawing penises on his notepad. She went to complain. She was called crazy and fired. Like Joanne, Wall Street banker, her male colleagues would call her that vile C-word every day. She complained, labeled a troublemaker, never to do another Wall Street deal again. Like Elizabeth, an army officer, her male subordinates would wave $1 bills in her face and say, dance for me. And when she went to complain to a major, he said, what, only $1? You're worth at least five or ten. After reading, replying to all, and crying over all of these emails, I realized I had so much work to do. Here are the startling facts. One in three women that we know of have been sexually harassed in the workplace. 71% of those incidences never get reported. Why? Because when women come forward, they're still called liars and troublemakers and demeaned and trashed and demoted and blacklisted and fired. Reporting sexual harassment can be, in many cases, career-ending of all the women that reached out to me, almost none are still today working in their chosen profession, and that is outrageous. I, too, was silent in the beginning. It 
happened to me at the end of my year as Miss America, when I was meeting with a very high-ranking TV executive in New York City. I thought he was helping me throughout the day, making a lot of phone calls. We went to dinner, and in the back seat of a car, he suddenly lunged on top of me and stuck his tongue down my throat. I didn't realize that to get into the business, silly me. He also intended to get into my pants. And just a week later, when I was in Los Angeles meeting with a high-ranking publicist, it happened again. Again in a car, and he took my neck in his hand, and he shoved my head so hard into his crotch I couldn't breathe. These are the events that suck the life out of all of your self-confidence. These are the events that, until recently, I didn't even call assault. And this is why we have so much work to do. After my years, Miss America, I continued to meet a lot of well-known people, including Donald Trump. When this picture was taken in 1988, nobody could have ever predicted where we'd be today. <laughs> Me fighting to end sexual harassment in the workplace. He. President of the United States, in spite of it, and shortly thereafter, I got my first gig in television news in Richmond, Virginia. Check out that confident smile with the bright pink jacket. Not so much the hair. <laughs> I was working so hard to prove that blondes have a lot of brains. But ironically, one of the first stories I covered was the Anita Hill hearings in Washington, D.C., and shortly thereafter. I too was sexually harassed in the workplace. I was covering a story in rural Virginia, and when we got back into the car, my cameraman started saying to me, wondering how much I had enjoyed when he touched my breasts when he put the microphone on me, and it went downhill from there. I was bracing myself against the passenger door. This was before cell phones. I was petrified. I actually envisioned myself rolling outside of that door as the car was going 50 miles per hour, like I'd seen in the movies, and wondering how much it would hurt. When the story about Harvey Weinstein came to light, one of the most well-known movie moguls in all of Hollywood, the allegations were horrific. But so many women came forward, and it made me realize what I had done meant something. He had such a lame excuse. He said he was a product of the 60s and 70s, and that that was the culture then. Yeah, that was the culture then, and unfortunately, it still is. Why? Because of all the myths that are still associated with sexual harassment. Women should just take another job and find another career. Yeah, right. Tell that to the single mom working two jobs, trying to make ends meet, who's also being sexually harassed. Women, they bring it on themselves by the clothes that we wear and the makeup that we put on. Yeah, I guess those hoodies that Uber engineers wear in Silicon Valley are just so provocative. <laughs> Women make it up. Yeah, because it's so fun and rewarding to be demeaned and taken down. I would know.
Women bring these claims because they want to be famous and rich. Our own president said that. I bet Taylor Swift, one of the most well-known and richest singers in the world, didn't need more money or fame when she came forward with her groping case for one dollar. And I'm so glad she did. Breaking news. The untold story about women and sexual harassment in the workplace. Women just want a safe, welcoming, and harass-free environment. That's it. So how do we go about getting our power back? I have three solutions. Number one, we need to turn bystanders and enablers into allies. 98% of United States corporations right now have sexual harassment training policies. 70% have prevention programs. But still, overwhelmingly, bystanders and witnesses don't come forward. In 2016, the Harvard Business Review called it the bystander effect. And yet, remember 9-11. Millions of times we've heard, if you see something, say something. Imagine how impactful that would be if we carried that through to bystanders in the workplace regarding sexual harassment, to recognize and interrupt these incidences, to confront the perpetrators to their face, to help and protect the victims. This is my shout-out to men. We need you in this fight. And to women, too, enablers, to allies. Number two, change the laws. How many of you out there know whether or not you have a forced arbitration clause in your employment contract? Not a lot of hands. And if you don't know, you should. And here's why. Time magazine calls it right there on the screen, the teeny tiny little print in contracts that keeps sexual harassment claims unheard. Here's what it is. Forced arbitration takes away your Seventh Amendment right to an open jury process. It's secret. You don't get the same witnesses or depositions. In many cases, the company picks the arbitrator for you. There are no appeals, and only 20% of the time does the employee win. But again, it's secret, so nobody ever knows what happened to you. This is why I've been working so diligently on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. to change the laws, and here's what I tell the senators. Sexual harassment is apolitical. Before somebody harasses you, they don't ask you if you're a Republican or Democrat first. They just do it, and this is why we should all care. Number three, be fierce. It starts when we stand tall, and we build that self-confidence, and we stand up and we speak up, and we tell the world what happened to us. I know it's scary, but let's do it for our kids. Let's stop this for the next generations. I know that I did it for my children. They were paramount in my decision-making about whether or not I would come forward. My beautiful children, my 12-year-old son, Christian, my 14-year-old daughter, Kaya. And boy, did I underestimate them. The first day of school last year happened to be the day my resolution was announced, and I was so anxious about what they would face. 
And my daughter came home from school, and she said, "Mommy, so many people asked me what happened to you over the summer." And then she looked at me in the eyes, and she said, "And mommy, I was so proud to say that you were my mom." And two weeks later, when she finally found the courage to stand up to two kids who'd been making her life miserable, she came home to me and she said, "Mommy, I found the courage to do it because I saw you do it." The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. You are before the midterms. He is out there working it. He is out there doing it. He's saying, do not vote for Democrats. Do not, <laughs> do not turn uh, Congress into a bunch of Democrats. I think he's failing. I think he's on his last lap. He's trying, to, he's trying not to get his income tax exposed. He's trying not to get impeached. He's trying not to go to jail. This is what he's trying not to do. But he has his get-out-of-jail card in Brett Kavanaugh, the guy who they somehow slammed onto the Supreme Court being totally unqualified, totally unqualified. But, hey, wow, they did it. And hopefully the Democrats will have some balls once they get in office, hopefully, to uh, impeach this guy, get him off the Supreme Court. And I hope this is what's on their mind. Because we're not sending them, we're not going to send the Democrats to uh, Congress to sit on their asses idly by. We're going to we're sending them there to do something to to uh, uh, pull this country out of the uh, sewer 
as the Republicans have put it there, put it in the sewer. If I said that properly or I said it the right way, you know, sometimes when I'm writing, I need to be edited. When I'm talking, I need to be edited. So uh, writing has changed over the years. I mean, sometimes you don't even have to use punctuation or commas or periods. People just just write. Yeah. But it would be something if people uh, read but as I was discussing with a guest, a guest the, the other night, people don't read. People do not read. Trump doesn't read. He doesn't read. He don't give a fuck about it. He don't care how important it is. He's not going to read it. He has accountants to, play, to pay for it all and to read it. He doesn't read shit. And he's proud not to be a reader. And I said this before, this guy, this asshole, set the tone for America. People should read. I mean, it's one way of uh, getting smart, becoming intelligent. Reading makes you smart. Reading makes you intelligent. Reading gets you to be informed. Because this is what the Republicans want. They don't want you to read. This is why they're trying to get rid of public education. They don't want you to be smart. They don't want you to be intelligent because they are afraid Republicans are afraid of people who are smart. That's one one of the ways we can break their asses down is to be smart and intelligent because these guys and girls, the Republicans, they don't want us to be smart. They don't want us to have a not a high school diploma. They don't even want us to have an eighth grade diploma. They want us to be dumb and stupid. And if we want to get any smarter, we better be rich like they are because they're not smart. Republicans are not smart. They go around pretending like they're intelligent, pretending like they're smart. They're not. They're, they're mentally incapable of anything. They are retarded in the brain. For instance, and proof, did you see Lindsey Graham's breakdown at the hearing? A lot of people thought that Lindsey Graham had some brains and some morals. He proved that he didn't have anything, that he was just an idiot, pretending as if he's smart. And we saw the real Lindsey Graham. And you got a lot of Republicans like that. They're tired of uh, being, they're tired of letting us know or pretending to be smart. So they just take off that mask and be just as dumb and stupid and vile as ever. Case in point, Representative Steve King, a white supremacist. He's been in Congress for a number of years. Did anybody know that he was a white supremacist? He just took off the mask. I'm a stupid, dumbass, white supremacist. And I don't care who likes it and who don't like it. But your donors aren't going to give you any more money to run for a re-election. I don't give a damn. The people can't stand you. Fuck them. <laughs> You're not going to get reelected. So what? My pockets will be lined with taxpayer money. You are a moron. And I love it. And let me say one more time. Donald Trump, you are fired. Get out. I mean, this is the sentiment of America. This is not the sentiment of the George Wilder Jr. show, but of America. 
America, 80% to 85% of Americans don't want this guy in the White House. I'm banking even some of his uh, diehard supporters are starting to have second thoughts on this jackass. I'm banking, you know, because Donald Trump has lost a lot of support just because you see these rallies crowd. Where do they get these people? Do they pay these people to come to these rallies, Donald Trump rallies, to hear this bullshit, this nonsense? Okay, now a lot of these things, that a lot of this stuff that goes on in this rally is going to make a lot of news. To me, Donald Trump's rallies are nothing but hate-filled, violence-filled, racist rhetoric. That's all it is. And they are not newsworthy. I don't think uh, the media should cover this, to cover his rallies. Remember, the Donald Trump has said the media and the press are the enemy of the people. Why would they want to cover this shit? Why? Because it's their job. They get paid for it. They got you know, to work to pay the bills. Donald Trump doesn't give a damn. He calls the enemy the uh, the the pub uh, the press excuse me the press the enemy of the people. There's only one enemy of the people, and that's Donald Trump. If you want to say more, you could say, well, maybe Congress is the enemy of the people also. But we have a chance. We have a chance to take this country back in a few days. In a few days, folks. So get everybody out there that you know. If you know someone that hasn't voted. And they are dead fast on not voting. Try to convince them to vote. Because I think this is this is the sentiment of the George Wilder Jr. show. I think if you don't vote, you deliberately and don't care to vote and you live in America, you should leave. You're not an American. If you don't fight for your country by voting, you should not be here. Well, my religion said I'm not supposed to vote. Well, that's fucked up religion. Well, my church says, uh, Scientology says, I'm not supposed to vote, that they don't want me voting. But then you shouldn't be in America. If you're not fighting for your country, if you're not fighting for America, then you shouldn't be here. If you don't vote, what the hell are you doing here? Go someplace where you don't have to vote. In, In America, you have to fight for this country. Now, I'm banking there's a lot of religious religion uh, religions out here that's saying the same thing, that they're not going to vote. Then you've got some religions where the people who belong to these religions, they will not celebrate Christmas. They will not celebrate the birthdays. They will not celebrate holidays. And they will not vote, which is total bullshit, which is total control. If you let people tell you not to celebrate holidays and not to celebrate your birthday, not to celebrate anything that's American, then you're being taken. You're being controlled, and you should not be in the country. You should not be an American. You should not even call yourself an American if you're not going to take part in what's a sacred right. If you're not going to take part in something where people have died and struggled to get you uh, to get you to be able to vote. I guess you don't give a fuck about that because your religion overrides all of that. And I'll say it again. If you don't vote 
for, for whatever fucked up reason. If you don't vote, you don't fight for your country, you don't give a shit about America, but you live here and you want to stay here and you're living off the benefits that this country provide you and you won't vote, then you shouldn't be in America. You really shouldn't. If you don't care about fighting for your country, you don't care about getting out here and voting blue with the millions of of rest of us, if you don't give a fuck about America, why are you here? Move. Because in my estimation, you're not an American. If you don't fight for your country, if you don't vote, if you don't do any of this, you're not an American. You're just somebody, just, you're just nothing. And when you don't vote, you have no right to complain about anything. And most people with religions, they don't complain about anything because it's their, uh, this, this is not of interest to them. I don't know anything about politics. I don't give a fuck about it. I don't know what you're talking about. I, my brain is not that, you know, capable of, of acknowledging what's going on in the country. I don't care. Just give me, uh, uh, just give me some money. <laughs> Get out there and vote, folks. Whether you vote in this election, vote in every election to say, this is my country. This is what I do. I'm proud of my country. I love my country. Vote for your country. Vote to keep your country your country because the Republicans are going to take it away from you. They don't give a fuck about your religion. If you're on, if you're on Social Security, they're going to take it. Medicaid, they're going to take it. Medicare, they're going to take it. You don't want them to take it? Vote for it. Vote. 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 If you don't give a fuck about them taking it, then don't vote. If you want to be on the street, don't vote. And do not ever call yourself an American. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. We're just about off the air. I think we've got about eight more minutes left on, on this um, particular episode. Okay, so let's let's try. Uh, we're looking for a, a clip here. Let's see. Lies, lies. We didn't uh, lose them. I'd love to hear. <laughs> this is a clip of Maxine Waters, and uh, she is all up in Trump's ass. I so mean, far, the a- only person who's given a full account of what the president said yesterday is the one Democrat who was president, who was president. Illinois Senator Dick Durbin, a leading advocate for Dreamers and other immigrant groups. In a series of press appearances this morning, Durbin recounted exactly what happened inside the Oval Office. The president came into the Oval Office and Senator Lindsey Graham and I made our presentation. As Senator Graham made his presentation, the president interrupted him several times with questions and in the course of his comments, said things which were hate-filled, vile, and racist. We have a group that have temporary protected status in the United States because they were the victims of crises and disasters and political upheaval. The largest group is El Salvador, and the second is Honduran, and the third is Haitian. And when I mentioned that fact to him, he said, Haitians, do we need more Haitians? And then he went on when we started to describe the immigration from Africa that was being protected in this uh, bipartisan measure. That's when he used these vile and vulgar comments. 
calling the nations they come from shitholes. The exact word used by the president, not more, not just once, but repeatedly. My colleague, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, spoke up and made a direct comment on what the president said. I was very proud of him. It took courage for what he did. And um, I made my own comments in response to it, but for him to confront the president as he did, uh, literally sitting next to him, took extraordinary political courage and I respect him for it. He said, put me down for wanting more Europeans to come to this country. Why don't we get more people from Norway? That was exactly what the president said. I'm joined now by Democratic Congresswoman Maxine Waters of California. So, Congresswoman, you have Dick Durbin saying that when uh, immigration from Haiti or the TPS situation from Honduras and Haiti and El Salvador was described, Donald Trump said, Haitians, do we need more Haitians uh, on the question of Africa? He called those nations a shithole. That was exact word used by the president per Lindsey Graham. And then uh, the last bit here, Donald Trump saying, put me down for wanting more Europeans to come for this country. Your thoughts, Congresswoman? Well, you know, I have called him uh, what I know him to be for a long time. Uh, remember some time ago I called him scumbag? Uh, I've called him a racist, deplorable, despicable, uh, added to what others are calling him, a moron, ignorant, on and on and on. The United States of America is represented by the most despicable human being that could possibly ever walk the earth. I don't know when Americans are going to tire of this lying man. Uh, it has been documented that he has told over 2,001 lies since he has been in office. He name calls. He basically disparaged a United States Congresswoman and basically said she would do anything for a contribution. Talked about, as you know, during the campaign, grabbing women by their private force. What more do we need to see or hear from this racist man? Not only is he racist, uh, he is an embarrassment uh, for this country. Our allies are quickly moving away from him. What are we waiting for? He is basically bringing this country down. And for all of those Republicans on the other side who stand with him, who claimed to have been patriotic, they are not patriotic. They are with not the guts to stand up or they join him as racist. And so I, I have known this. Uh, and I've called for his impeachment over and over again. I've been criticized for it, but I don't know what else we need to say about him. I know a lot of people are saying, let's see what Mueller is going to do. Is he going to connect the dots? Well, this man has obstructed justice right before our very eyes. We keep hearing about all of these meetings and connections with the Russians uh, by his family and others. I simply believe that not only has he colluded, and of course he has obstructed justice, but his character is such that the United States and the citizens of this country, rather, should not be willing to tolerate. He's a bad image for our children, and he should be impeached. We should move him out of office. The American citizens who are fed up with him are looking for Congress to take responsibility and do what we must do and impeach him. Get rid of him. Get him out of here. And, and you know, Congressman, you, you 
you hit on a point because when you say how much more can we tolerate and you know I think all those of us who are in this business hear from people all the time what can we do and it, the, the truth is that only Congress can rein in a president of the United States and that impeachment or censure has to begin in the House of Representatives I want to play you two pieces of sound from the Speaker of the House Paul Ryan and the way he reacted to Donald Trump's racism back on the campaign trail and the way that he reacted to what we just learned that the president said um, in the Oval Office and this was these are those two things and this is the yes. first one is June 2016 here you go claiming a person can't do the job because of their race is sort of like the textbook definition of a racist comment I think that should be absolutely disavowed it's absolutely unacceptable first thing that came to my mind was very unfortunate um, unhelpful um, whether you're coming from Haiti we've got great friends from Africa in Janesville uh, who are doctors who are just incredible and uh, I just think it's important that we celebrate that. The first piece of sound was when uh, Donald Trump disparaged Judge Curiel, saying that he's Mexican, therefore he can't judge uh, a case against Donald Trump. What do you make of, of, of the declination of Paul Ryan's outrage from June of 2016 to today? Well, evidently, uh, he is not a real leader. Uh, and I wish I could say he didn't have the courage of his convictions, because I don't know if he has any. Uh, but I know this. History will not be kind to him, uh, to these Republicans, and to those who are basically standing by him, embracing him. As far as I'm concerned, they're confirming uh, that they're just as bad as he is. And so for Paul Ryan, uh, who is supposed to be a leader, who, you know, occupies the speakership uh, for the Congress, for the House of Representatives, he is irresponsible. He is not providing leadership. He's not doing his job. We need to get rid of him also. And, and, and Congresswoman John Lewis, Congressman John Lewis, of course, civil rights legend John Lewis, is not going to be going, he says, to the State of the Union. Are you going to go? Oh, no. You know, I didn't go to the inauguration. I didn't go to, um, you know, the joint either. session that was held after that. I don't intend to go to this one. Why would I take my time to go and sit and listen to a liar, to someone who lies in the face of facts, who's someone who can change their tune day in and day out. What does he have to say that I would be interested in? I don't trust him. I don't appreciate I him. Don't and like I wouldn't him. waste my time sitting in that house listening to what he has to say. He does not deserve my attention. Congresswoman Maxine Waters, definitive as always. Thank you so much for your time tonight. All right. I want to thank everybody for Thank everybody for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're going to be off. Uh, we'll be back on Monday, Monday, four days a week, folks. Make sure you click to follow the show. Uh, we're going to be um, – uh, we've got some great guests lined up for next week. I hope you guys are tuned in for that. And if you need to hear the George Wilder Jr. Show uh, before we come back on Monday live, you can always listen to a podcast. All the podcasts are just super. They sound as if I was actually live, and they, and they stand up uh, at any time you listen to them. They're great. So if, you, if you're aching for a George Wilder Jr. show, there's plenty of podcasts with great guests, and um, listen to those. I mean, pull those up and listen to those, those podcasts. I think it's about 500, 600 or more. Yeah, and they're all great. <laughs> I'm not just saying that because my voice is on them. Uh, it's just that uh, it's true. It's true. 
All right, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I want you to uh, have a great day, have a great evening, have a great um, whatever weekend. And I say that so that whenever you find yourself listening to the show, especially if you're podcasting the show or listening to a rerun of the show, and you could be listening late at night, who knows, one or two o'clock in the morning, uh, and I'll say, hey, enjoy the show, and thank you for listening, and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, so we, we, we will be back next week. I'm studying, stuttering. Uh, we will be back next week, and uh, hopefully you'll join us then live. But until then, listen to the podcast. Uh, they're just as great, and they're just as knowledgeable, knowledgeable. You can learn something from them, learn something from the guests that, that are on the show that I book. Uh, it is something that I'm getting more guests now from Facebook. <laughs> People contacting me on Facebook to be on the show. That's great. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. All right. We're, we're off the air, and I want to say have a great weekend, everybody, at the end of the show or weekday, which, whichever time you find yourself listening to the show, okay? All right. The George Wilder Jr. Show is off the air. Bye-bye, everybody. Take care. Join me next week. Heaven help the child who never had a home. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone. Heaven help the roses if the bombs begin to fall. Black man, if he struggles one more day, heaven help the white man if he turns back away, heaven help the man who kicks the man who will cry, heaven help the man. Hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small.